good news everyone talking futurama is coming back for talking futurama season two part two fresher than a summer ham this podcast comes every friday and if you sign up at the five dollar level at patreon.com slash talking simpsons you can hear each episode as it goes live that's right sign up today at patreon.com slash talking simpsons for five dollars to hear talking futurama every friday throughout the rest of 2020 and also all the previous episodes we've done so far so head over to patreon.com slash talking simpsons now or we're gonna clamp you shut up and take my money i heartily endorse this event or product Ahoy hoy everybody and welcome to Talking Simpsons recorded in an endless stretch of stagnant water. I am one of your hosts, the harmless maniac Bob Mackey, and this is our chronological exploration of The Simpsons. Who else is here with me today? Henry Gilbert, or you may remember me being briefly entertaining as the Quizmaster. And who is our special guest on the line? Captain Jack himself. <laughs> no, I'm not an alligator. I'm Alex Savaro from Giant Bomb. Hello, I'm back. And today's episode is Kill the Alligator and Run. This isn't real money. It's printed by the Montana Militia. It'll be real soon enough. Today's episode aired on April 30th, 2000. And as always, Henry will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real world history. (gasps) Oh my God. Oh boy, Bobby. The Flintstones' Viva Rock Vegas arrives in theaters. Santana's Maria Maria is topping the charts. And guess which movie star (laughs) just became the WCW World Heavyweight Champion? The Rock. No, it's David Arquette. Oh. David Arquette, it's the end of WCW. I, I fail at every week. every wrestling question. <laughs> uh. Oh, but wait, uh, I, my headline for that movie, uh, Yabba Dabba Don't. <laughs> Go to the polls. Yeah. Oh. Oh, God. Uh, it's, it's a flashback movie that actually follows, like, if you're a Flintstones continuity head, you know that Fred and Wilma eloped to oh. Rock Vegas. You mean Wilma Slaghoople? That's right, yes. <laughs> uh, and so this is a story of their eloping but they they add the great gazoo oh but uh so i don't know if they still have this but on the universal tour we took it a few years ago they still had the set for the grinch do they still have viva rock vegas props mm, i think you'll find the uh, the flintstones car around there okay. but i don't know if it's from rock Is vegas or the the first movie parked in the decaying grinch village <laughs> it's, it should be hanging out there you'll also find stephen baldwin just hanging around just hoping <laughs> someone will talk to him <laughs> who would ever recap cast rick moranis is stephen baldwin of all people i mean they just uh as long as uh john goodman was alive they had to make a flintstones movie it was like written in the skies (laughs) so i don't know why bother making a second one like he fulfilled the prophecy he played fred flintstone and uh yeah you couldn't get away from santana songs at this time of the of in the world what happened with David Arquette is that he was the star of the very bad pro wrestling movie, Ready to Rumble, Okay. named after the thing that Mike Buffer says. Named after a boxing slogan. Yeah. Okay, I'm uh, with you. And the film was doing very poorly, and it made WCW look bad, and they thought, what if we made David Arquette the WCW champion? That would get a lot of headlines, and then people would go see this poorly reviewed 
action movie two weeks later. And uh, that didn't pay off. And in fact, uh, seen as the very lowest point of WCW. I mean, WCW had, honestly, there's worse moments than that. I'd say the Viagra on a pole match is probably worse. And there's, <laughs> there's tons of more racist things in there. And David Arquette actually is like, he loves wrestling. He ruined his Hollywood career to do more pro wrestling these days. Ready to rumble uh, gross $12 million. Oof. Did that destroy his uh, marriage with Courtney Cox? Mm, I think they stayed together a little longer mm. than that, I think. Yeah, I don't think that was the thing that, that, that tore their marriage apart. I feel very badly, like you said, for David Arquette, knowing what a super fan he was and also how much he actually did not want to be champion of mm. WCW. Like, they, they kind of thrust it upon him, like, as you said, to try and uh, gin up some popularity for the movie. And I will say, there's no part of me that will ever defend the movie Ready to Rumble. But that said, there is one inspired thing, which is the idea that anyone would ever buy Oliver Platt as a champion pro wrestler. <laughs> that is a gamble that I absolutely respect a filmmaker making. That is true, that they make Oliver Platt the, the lead wrestler in the film, like the heroic king wrestler. All the other wrestlers are played by WCW wrestlers, but not the lead guy, it's Oliver Platt. Whenever I see him, I'm like, is that Jeff Garland? But it's not, <laughs> no. it's not. Uh, he's a better actor than Jeff Garland. <laughs> I, I also mentioned that because that shows you the um, bad mood that Henry Gilbert was in the week he saw this episode. This, because... this episode put me in a bad mood now. Yes, yeah. This, me too. Uh, I uh, But uh, I guess before we get into that, welcome back to Alex Navarro. Hey. Yes, I'm Giant Thank Bomb. You. Hello, Alex. Thank you very much for having me back uh, for one of the episodes that I... There is definitely a hard cutoff where I just stopped watching The Simpsons, but I was still watching at this point, and I would say this is, if not the low point, very close to it, of The Simpsons I was still watching when it was live. I think in the timeline of our current recordings, we are now about to exit Frowntown. We've gotten mm. through the rough patch of the spring of 2000 uh, after this one. Yeah, the Yusup... You, you're you super usurper 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 that episode's better than this yeah, and yeah. and behind the laughter is actually kind of funny i think it's a good episode it's but, really funny but it's a good gimmick episode this is the low point and yeah. really low in, in so many ways i mean uh yeah so when this episode aired i think it was the first time i was seeing episodes that made me go like i don't like this as much but this was the one where i especially had the kind of like getting older realization of i hate this guest star and i think this episode sucks like, oh yeah uh, i was like a month away from graduating high school and i was like is this what my adult life is going to be the simpsons won't <laughs> be good i'll be sad what like what's happening wow it's really really prescient that you figured out that you hated Charlie Rose before everyone else did. <laughs> Why does he uh, hold his uh, interviews in a black hole? I don't understand. Yeah. It's creepy. <laughs> uh, Only he can tell you the exit. You got to pay him some favors. Oh, God. Oh, oh God. <laughs> uh, I, I, I mean, yeah, the, uh, yeah, the Kid Rock thing, I, I didn't like that. The Girls Gone Wild jokes in here I thought were too base for The Simpsons, even then. And also, it was just like, I knew I didn't like that it was just a messy episode, yeah. too. Yeah. I I mean, you do have to credit Mike Scully for getting Kid Rock, though. Mm. He ha was very perceptive when it came to what guest stars to get for the show, even though they weren't always the greatest fit. And I, I think Kid Rock was much better on King of the Hill uh, than he was on this show. <laughs> I Well, I like on the commentary that Matt Selman brings up that he's like, you know, Mike Scully has a bunch of old man music on, so I suggested we do Kid Rock to have somebody current. Although NRBQ does make an appearance. The, <sighs> God, na yeah. the National Rhythm and Blues Quartet, I believe. <laughs> the, yeah 
the new the new, new okay quartet. yeah oh god uh, the, but this yeah it was just a dark time and uh, this was the first time i had the reaction i have whenever i see like <laughs> i feel it for in sync the next season where i'm just like oh this feels like somebody's too new to be on the simpsons and maybe maybe if i was older and saw you know some flash in the pan person in like 1993 appear in it i'd be like oh they're not good enough for this but i don't know just kid rock it just it felt wrong at the time and it just and the jokes they made weren't about how kid rock sucks it was about how kid rock is cool and how homer should have fun with him and that also that also brought me down and to come to come so soon after the death of Bond, which is referenced here and, in an insulting way uh, <laughs> and also the um the elfin jockeys like it's just uh it's bad times it's just bad times was so this is the era of the simpsons where the concept of lol nothing matters coming at the end of the episode starts becoming more frequent right yeah, we've had some really uh, bizarre endings lately in this patch. I, I think I charted it when we did the Pygmalion episode, but like, I believe this is the, out of the last 10 episodes, this is like the seventh that ends with a joke about how the ending's not an ending, or kind of looking at you of like, huh? That's an end. But I think this is one of like the lazier ones, because they don't even like, at least at the end of Pygmalion, Pig, uh, Mo even goes like, that don't make no sense, and then gets cut off like in a funny manner that they point out that there's a giant plot hole. They got a laugh out of me. Here, it's just the ending is like, yeah, it's over. Yeah, what you gonna do? It's done. Hey, Malcolm in the Middle's on. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, Alex, how how present were you in the world of MTV Spring Break around when this aired? I mean, not around when this aired. I definitely watched my share of like Dan Cortez, Daisy Fuentes hosted, you know, spring break episodes, like episodes of like spring break, the grind back mm. in like the early and mid nineties. But by this point, I think the, uh, the allure of hot VJs doing sp vaguely spring break related things uh, had mostly worn off of me. Yeah, not to get too lewd on here, but uh, <laughs> after the internet entered my house, I had access to more ribald materials. Mm. So I was just like the TV can't get me to where i need to go <laughs> uh, but internet speeds aren't there yet oh for, we had uh, cable internet in 1998 <laughs> oh, buddy uh, <laughs> the world yeah, is my suddenly these uh these central casting hot 20 somethings for in lake havasu are just not doing it for me anymore <laughs> uh and, it's well, true i need a casting process <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, and also in the year 2000, this was uh, the height of the Girls Gone Wild era as oh well, like, uh, which... Joe Franklin is, it, is still... Uh, is it Joe Franklin? I think okay. so. I, I hope he's still in jail. I should have checked on that. But, uh, I mean, now I look back on the Girls Gone Wild era as a national shame for all of us. Joe Francis. Joe Franklin is the deceased uh, talk <laughs> okay. show host. Uh, I'm sorry, Joe Franklin. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> is he still in jail? Uh, I'll find out. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so that's why there's all of these like show us your boob jokes in here that also just, I mean, they exemplify the time, but they just make me feel skeezy watching a Simpsons episode, which I don't really like. Uh, yeah, the other thing that just kind of makes me feel skeevy about it is in the current times watching a whole bunch of people just hanging out together. That, uh, that right, it just where we are <laughs> in the moment, that just also feels very weird. It really does. Okay, uh, so uh, in May of 2015, as of May of 2015, he was reportedly living in Mexico with his girlfriend and their twin daughters oh, and God. uh extradition treaties between the u.s and mexico are not applicable for civil contempt warrants so he's mm. safe in mexico well good good for him 
<laughs> oh man, now I'm sad again. I just uh, though you know, Alex. People I think in Florida are still living this way now, even even in this time. Yeah, I know. I've I've definitely heard uh, some some stories about you know various spring break activities happening this year and uh, the resulting cases that came out of it. So uh, spring break is canceled forever. That's <laughs> I'm decreeing it here. I'm okay Never with that. again shall spring break menace our society. The the transmission of viruses was always at all time high during spring break, regardless of the pandemic. <laughs> Uh, and I, I guess if I can complain preemptively about one more thing in this, <laughs> I just hate horny Homer and yeah. horny Homer plus standard spring break jokes. I just don't like that. Yeah, he's like Jim yeah. Belushi. Or sorry, uh, John Belushi yeah, in this the, episode. Yes. Well, yeah. both of them. They're kind of the same <laughs> yeah. after, after 20 years have passed. Uh, and and it feels like years. sub Family Guy even. Like Family Guy did basically the same jokes a year later in their spring break episode. And, and you brought up a better thing from the same time that dealt oh, with yeah. the spring break thing a year ago uh there was the king of the hill episode escape from party island where uh hank goes on a road trip with his mom and her old friends mm. and uh they show up to this town to visit this miniature museum and then they find out spring break is happening there so it's it's the fish out of water the non-party dude in the spring break atmosphere which is a lot more funny there's so much more of an episode there there's so much more yeah. that you can do with that this is just like there's and i mean as is evidenced by the episode itself there's no story here there's nothing they can tell other than the simpsons are going to florida it's uh like five percent of it is about homer having insomnia which mm. they quickly forget about <laughs> yeah that, so on the commentary they at the very least cop to that this is a poorly written script by tired writers and that they yeah. kind of are just going like we know this episode's not as good give us a break all right yeah, it's one of those episodes that when the DVDs came out like 12 years ago, it was one of those, I put on the commentary and say, explain yourselves. Yes. And yeah. they're just like <laughs> laughing and saying, yeah, we know this wasn't great. We tried, but you know, it, it, there are only so many hours in the day. <laughs> you, there's a, obviously it's a writing team. And that while they do give primary credit to the writers that I think they did the most writing on each episode, everyone touches everything. Mm -hmm. But the fact that this is a John Swartzwelder episode, like genuinely shocked me. I, mm. I, I it just doesn't feel like his kind of writing outside of a couple of like the the southern bumpkin you know sheriff jokes and things like that like there's stuff in there that feels Schwartz Weldery-in but it doesn't really feel like one of his for the yeah. most part it feels like the second act he did not uh, was heavily rewritten based on whatever mm. script he turned in because the first and third acts feel kind of like his stuff especially like the, the old timey southern stuff definitely yeah. the third act feels most like his thing all the whipping stuff feels yeah. like John Schwartz yeah. But yeah you're right the middle I think it is the middle is like this uh this void that pulls in all the goodness from the other sections like the the first and third act are actually not bad there's some funny stuff in there well some parts are bad but <laughs> there's at least some funny stuff in there but the middle act is just, man, I don't, I, I think I like one joke in the middle act and all the rest, like, yeah, just sucks. But, eh, you know, the writers, they, they were tired. They, they ask, they beg your forgiveness, like, give <laughs> us a break. Can't we have it at one bad episode? Let us have a bad week. But before we begin, I do want to do like a little director's corner on a new director in season 11, uh, Jen Camerman or Camerman. I couldn't know the actual uh, pronunciation. I couldn't find it, but it's Jen Camerman. Uh, she started on the Simpsons 
Simpsons actually in 1990 as a background cleanup artist on the Do the Bartman video. So uh, wow. in like pre-season two, she started on the show. Yeah, I, I, we talked all about that video in Alex's last appearance on here. Oh, that's, that's right. right. Alex was last on uh, the show for the Simpsons Sing the Blues episode. Mm -hmm. uh, so she started working on the show in 1991 as a background cleanup artist on season two's The Way We Was. And then she became a character layout artist on the now banned episode Stark Raving Dead. Oh. Ask your parents about it. Uh, and she would do animation timing work as well in season eight. So she directed this, Tennis the Menace, and Homer the Mo. And her last work on the show was in the 2003 episode A Star is Born Again. Um, there's no work in the animation industry for her after this. She seems to have left it at this point. And uh, this is not like a gossip or anything. It's just something that she has put online herself. She was dealing with uh, mental illness issues and eating disorder at the time, which uh, caused her to leave the show. And she wrote a autobiography about this in 2010 called The Vanishing Point. And you can read that to find out uh, her history with the show and her uh, battle with anorexia. So that is Jen Kamerman, and she directed this in two other episodes. I, I hope she's doing well now. I, I couldn't find uh, e either any, like, recent stuff. Like, it, it seemed like the last time a Twitter account say uh, that represented her had anything was like in 2012 so I, I hope she's doing well but it seems she's pretty much done with hollywood and animation at this point which is yeah i found a linkedin page for her and it looks like she's still doing some freelance work here and there but i have no idea like how recent that is okay all right yeah the i mean her those three episodes she directed are uh are important ones in the simpsons not all for great reasons uh this one is one we say is one the worst so i think the animation in this is actually pretty good like i think especially she's tasked her and her team were tasked with animating like an entire like adventure through florida for two-thirds of the episode the characters having like five costume changes all these new characters and tons of action like she did a, uh, she and her team did a really good job with it and uh, then you've got tennis the menace their second digitally animated episode uh and then homer the mo which i believe is the first al Jean episode right or uh, return uh, i think that's brawl in the family but it's early it's actually i think it's dana gould's first oh, episode oh that's right yeah. it's the dana gould first episode yeah yeah. I think I am regrettably on record here as saying that Tennis the Menace was actually the episode that made me decide maybe I shouldn't be watching The Simpsons every <laughs> single week. Uh, uh, and, uh, yeah. you know, I went back and watched that one not too long ago, and I think I still feel that way. Not a fan of the Oedipal subplot in that episode. Mm. No. Yeah, yeah. What, what were they thinking? What about when Homer looks at you and says, like, bet you didn't see that coming? <laughs> <And>, uh, <laughs> Uh, but, <sighs> yeah, but I but I think she does a good job in this episode, though. It's also it's even more interesting that this episode full of like questionable spring break sexiness uh, is is directed by a woman mm. as well. Yeah, so I guess. Why don't we get started with the episode itself? Oh, by the way, this episode named after, I believe, the Woody Allen movie, Take the Money and Run, although there are several mm. things called Take the Money and Run. There's a Steve Miller band song, all that all that fun stuff. Knowing Mike Scully, I bet it's more based on a so. Steve Miller song than Woody Allen. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> if it was David Merkin, I bet it would be based on the Woody Allen movie. But uh, uh, the episode begins uh, also with them just kind of like literally killing time in front of your eyes. But it's in a funny way, I think, or funny enough, of uh, Homer gets the mail delivered to him. The anti-government militia joke is kind of weird now, but like every show is doing it. Mr. Show did that whole episode about the, uh, the Olympics of the independent 
indignation. That's right. That was right after like Ruby Ridge happened, the Ruby Ridge standoff. So Homer is gets in the mail a magazine. I do like the joke that he's taking the questions on the cover as uh, as the actual test. That's yeah. All right. I was wondering why there weren't any jokes on the cover, but then it was the payoff for the next set of jokes where he's just answering the the titles. Uh, and I also like Bart saying that Homer runs on hung- hunger and rage, but he doesn't know what ratio it is. <laughs> That's good. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yes, as Homer takes the test himself, he decides he's going to get distracted. Why don't you be the quiz master and ask other people the questions? Ooh, quiz master, yes. That would entertain me briefly. Okay, Flanders, your love quiz score is 61. That makes you a frigid Frida. I took off 30 points for all that crying you did. Well, it was a little insensitive giving me a sex test, seeing that my wife just passed away. No way! When? Six months ago. You were at the funeral. You fell into the grave. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I saw a gopher. What a day. (laughs) Okay, last question. Who is your favorite Backstreet Boy? Oh, the little rat-faced one. No, no, no. Nick, he's so good to his mother. According to this, you're both idiots. Hey, thanks. What do we owe you? That's a good... I like Lenny's reaction. Yeah. That's why they got NSYNC the next year. (laughs) They took the attack (laughs) on Backstreet. You know, they were trading up for NSYNC. Mm. NSYNC's no strings attached had just been released, so they have surpassed Backstreet Boys as band number one. Did Uh, the Backstreet Boys never actually guest on the show? Uh, no, they did not. Uh, to uh, I don't think they even got Aaron Carter on the show. I think InSync is the only the only band boy band they got on. Yeah, I think so. And no, ninety eight degrees, none of that. Now, even in the even in the Jessica Simpson, to- like she was married to a ninety eight degree boy, wasn't she? I think so. At Nick, one point, I think so. Yes, Nick Lachey. Yes, I recall they were, they had a reality show. See, and she was very stupid. <laughs> so when they said Nick here uh, i uh, my first thought was like oh yeah the nick who's married to jessica simpson but no they're talking about nick carter who also was in a reality show about him and his wife but not jessica simpson uh and of course now nick carter's going through a lot of sad stuff uh Mm. related to his very troubled brother aaron carter so uh we we wish them the best right now uh, boy, that's dear sad. rap boy. Dear. <laughs> Literally everything about this episode, everything surrounding it, is depressing in one yeah. way or another, isn't it? They really uh, hammer home the tragedy of Ned by like filling the background with pictures of him and his children and yes, his wife. Yes, that's true. I think it's there to remind the viewer in case they forgot. Like, oh yeah, he had a wife. Uh, this this is their first time after that episode they even refer back to uh, Ned being a widow. And you know when they did that episode, it's like. They, they sort of justified it to themselves saying, oh, we'll have a lot of new opportunities for jokes to do with Ned when he's a, you know, a widowed single father. And their first joke, they have like, oh, what do we do with it? We talk about grief. We mock his grief and laugh at him. for And then, and then they subsequently make Homer more of a jerk ass in that episode by doing a joke that he, by saying at that funeral off screen, he fell into the grave <laughs> on top of her uh, coffin. He's got he's a groundhog? A gopher. A, a gopher? He's this is an insane man. <laughs> like <laughs> like that's a very tired writer joke of Homer saying, like, oh that'll distract me for a few minutes. Like because they know they have to kill time in this opener. They're like, why do we kill time? Uh, Homer becomes a quiz master. It's important that you know he was even more disrespectful to Mod's uh, corpse. Yeah. <laughs> The Simpsons will be right back. Paul, 
with the doll, everybody. Hope you're enjoying this week's podcast. And a big thank you to our guest, Alex Navarro from GiantBomb.com. It's always fun to have Alex on. And, uh, you know, they're doing a bunch of the brand new console stuff and end of the year stuff right now at Giant Bomb. You should definitely be checking that out. And if you're an enjoyer of our Talking Simpsons podcast, you should absolutely know that we are 100% listener funded. And that's how me and Bob do this as our real ass full time jobs. Thanks to listeners like you at patreon.com slash talking simpsons where they support me and bob for five bucks a month doing talking simpsons and what a cartoon each week that's our sister podcast about animated series and those five dollar months folks don't just support us they also get tons of exclusive like our weekly podcast a week ahead of time and without ads like this one plus exclusive mini series like us covering Talking Futurama Season 2 Part 2 right now. Every Friday, you get a brand new podcast of us talking about classic Futurama episodes like The Honking and Deep South and so many more. And if you sign up now, you'll also get all of our previous exclusive mini-series. Only for the $5 and up, folks. That's every episode of Talking Critic, Talking of the Hill, Talking Mission Hill, and every previous one about Futurama as well. So much is available to you just for that five bucks right off the bat each month at patreon.com slash talking simpsons. But if you want even more wonderful listening for your rock-breaking days, you need to sign up at the $10 level at patreon.com slash talking simpsons because in addition to all the $5 things you just heard me talking about, you also get the What a Cartoon Movie podcast each month. Me and Bob often for over four hours talking about an animated feature film just like we talk about an episode of The Simpsons or a different animated series each week on What a Cartoon. What a Cartoon movie this month covers the Wallace and Gromit film Curse of the Were-Rabbit. We had so much fun talking about that G-rated horror film. And before that, we've done films as diverse as Ghost in the Shell, a goofy movie, Aladdin, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, and so, so, so many more. You can only hear the full back catalog if you're a $10 and up subscriber at patreon.com slash talking simpsons. It is an incredible value. Please sign up for it today. And they even note on the commentary, there's twice in the commentary where they're like, oh, we did a thing like this in the Simpsons movie. We ripped ourselves <laughs> off. Like Homer's Quizmaster costume is basically the same as Moe's I Run Springfield Now costume from the Simpsons movie. Though Homer painted a question mark on his traffic cone there. I guess also the Simpsons are joking that if you are an adult who has a favorite Backstreet Boy, then you're an idiot. I, I guess that's where they're mm, Probably. There. Are we beyond the, um, the era of the, uh, even the online? quiz i don't see those anymore they used to be all over uh facebook and whatnot yeah i feel like i haven't seen a buzzfeed quiz of who uh which person are you in a long time i've been a confirmed introvert eight different times <laughs> and it proves that i'm better than all of you i want to say that uh that click hole article about the which which of my garbage sons are you that effectively killed the genre because <laughs> that was the peak and there's not really anything else you can do past that thank god <laughs> you've hit the end with that that uh i i thank click hole for ending that tradition but uh you know those i I feel bad for all the unemployed 
BuzzFeed writers who uh, who used to tell me which Simpsons character I am or uh, am I the hardest core of Simpsons? Uh, I think that was the last of those quizzes I took of like, how hardcore a Simpsons fan are you? And I got 19 out of 20. I was so mad at myself. I missed one. But now, uh, now whenever I take those quizzes or when I used to, I would see like mistakes in the questions. <laughs> That's the extra test. That's if you write back to them, then it's like last starfighter style and you become I'd the become, boss of BuzzFeed. Oh my God. 10 bucks an article. <laughs> Uh, but yeah so homer is done with being a quiz master to his friends he's driving marge crazy in a scene that is very similar to when homer drove her crazy with reading digest and he was obsessed with All that right. uh, magazine. Uh, let him forget that was nine years ago yeah, yeah. The, again the, the whole episode is them saying like give us a break all right we can repeat a scene if we want to uh so homer decides to finally quiz himself how long will you live in an average week how many braised ribs do you eat Marge, do you think that counts honey braised? <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to sleep. Okay, non-smoker at eight years. Huh? So according to this, I'll live to be... 42? Oh, that's horrible. I won't even live to see my children die. <laughs> <laughs> now what's wrong? I've only got three more years to live. Well, maybe you added it wrong. Let me have it. <laughs> see? And these quizzes are never wrong, Marge. They're put together by the finest scientists in the magazine business. Oh, honey, don't panic. If you just made a few lifestyle changes... No! <laughs> so this uh, officially ages Homer up to 39. Yeah. Nine. Yep. Man, yeah, the I think the Edison episode made him 38, but this, That's true, yeah. yeah. And before that, like the Homer the Vigilante, he was 36, mm-hmm. and in the arcade game bio, which I assume just pulled from like the story bible of the show, he was 35. So, yeah. and I believe it says here in season uh, 18 they say he's 40, mm. but the official entry on him in his age is still 39, so holding strong at 39. Do any of the other characters age up during any of these or is he the only one that is moving through time? Uh Marge has has aged up from 34 to 36 mm-hmm. and Ned from like I don't know his 40s to 60 I guess yes right. yeah while while Bart and Lisa and Maggie have all remained 1 8 and 10 so. it's just the writers okay. being insecure about like no we cannot be older than Homer but at a certain <laughs> point they just never leave the show and the, the showrunner is now 60 Homer is 20 years younger than the showrunner at this God. point uh, God, like the young show the younger junior showrunner matt selman is like mid 40s now i I think think. he's 50 50 wow geez man but yeah no i mean i don't like that homer is a year and a half older than me and i i and eventually i will surpass homer's age i don't like that but i also feel like homer should never pass 40 i don't want once homer is officially 40 i don't like that i I, he should be a dad in his late 30s that's that's how i imagine him i am officially three months away from reaching homer age and Mm. uh, that is filling me with a similar level of existential dread as homer goes through at the beginning of this episode i remember Uh. when we started doing this we were doing the first season in march turned 34 i'm like oh, still 33 i'm not as old as a simpson adult yet uh, yes and that was five or five years ago now uh well though alex you don't have uh, bedside ribs do you not generally i find <laughs> ribs to be uh largely too messy to bother with food but uh certainly not in 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 the bedside i'm i, I reg- one day maybe one day when i'm feeling like my most debased 
I will just be like, yep, bed ribs. Let's do this. <laughs> in, in a bucket, too. Not even in like a pla- uh, like a styrofoam container. Just bucket of ribs. Ugh. Surely somewhere must sell ribs in bucket form around here. I got to find out. When, I, when I'm in the mood for barbecue, I don't want ribs because they are a lot of work. Like, just get some off-the-bone brisket. That's the uh, mm. same enjoyment. Or you're, not, you're not a bone boy. I am not. No, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm also, look, I love Chicken McNuggets too much to want to have bone in chicken wings mm. so i much prefer the not actually chicken wings uh boneless ones. I, I call that hypocrisy <laughs> uh look <laughs> think I, of all the marrow you could be tasting eh, marrow's okay but it's just so much work you got that gristle you gotta bite around that makes it more rewarding <laughs> it's like the dark souls of eating chicken <laughs> i'm bringing it back i'm bringing back the dark souls comparisons everybody it's 2020 i don't care anymore uh but this fear of mortality it also does just repeat the edison story too so it's, it's true like, you see he just I was going to say, there's at least a few episodes before this where, like, Homer's existential dread is the driving force for whatever zany adventures come after, right? Yeah, he's stuck at, like, the permanent midlife crisis uh, portion of his life. I, I And he can't start a podcast because they don't exist <laughs> in the year 2000. I, I guess this episode's different from the Edison one because Homer is thinking, oh, I'm going to die when I'm 80. And in this one, he's like, I'm going to die in three years. So I guess that's a little different, but... Uh, but like that Edison episode was just 18 months ago. Like it's just so recent. And I do love Marge being as nice a spouse as possible going like, you know, just a few little lifestyle changes. No! Like he just <laughs> runs screaming out of the room. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just one less bucket of ribs. He might buy him another year of life. But uh, and uh, I can laugh at these now more than I could uh, pre-pandemic because I have used this pandemic to uh, to get in better shape. I'm not at my goal yet, but I, I've, I've definitely cut out the bedside ribs of my own these days. I think the obsession was <laughs> The, with death is something we're all experiencing right now oh sure yes yeah but uh but it hasn't i haven't gotten insomnia from it thankfully that's nice uh but all right let's speaking of death it's time to play oh, the good. always respectful talking simpsons death and jingle you're gonna hear it again in this episode death stalks you at every turn ah, there it is death so robert evans died october in 2019 of the age of 89 is he dead you bet your ass <laughs> Did you want to die? You better believe no. <laughs> uh, maybe. Famous Hollywood producer. Of course, we know him as the star of Kid Notorious on Comedy Central. Oh, Eight glorious episodes yes. right after South Park for about four months. God. is Okay. I was a Patton Oswalt fan back when he was doing stand-up regularly. I certainly remember the Robert Evans bit from, from Patton Oswalt material. Is Robert Evans' resurgence around this time his fault? Does the timing line up there? Because I feel like all of a sudden, Robert Evans, between the Kid Stays in the Picture documentary, Kid Notorious, him making other weird guest things, I feel like he just kind of cropped back up out of nowhere. Yeah, the Kid Stays in the Picture, I believe, was like a mid-90s book. Uh, yeah. 1994, and then around the mid to late 90s, every comedy writer listened to the book on tape which is why there's a Mr. Show sketch about it and Pat right. Oswalt has a bit about it and everyone just fell in love with his voice and I think it eventually led to him getting a, a cartoon but the documentary that could say in the picture was 2002 yeah okay. yeah 
that's why this confused the shit out of me in 2000 because mm-hmm. i i don't think i'd even seen the charlie rose show on on tv at that time let alone knew who robert evans was i mean i think i'd seen the godfather but i hadn't seen these other uh films that he met or mentions here uh but then i think two to three years later was when i finally saw the documentary the kid stays in the picture on tv uh and so that unlocks every reference in this scene with robert evans but, and yeah. in, in that cartoon they drew him like he was in 1978 <laughs> well because he's the executive <laughs> yes. producer of the cartoon yeah so. i love in that show that one of the episodes the only one i remember now i remember two of them but my favorite joke in it was that him and francis ford coppola actually get in a fight about making spaghetti in a kitchen and yell at each other about it like just to be as inside as possible in in a hollywood parody i'm gonna go out on a limb and say that show was probably not very successful overall no no, no. It, it went it went too far well the the story of robert evans life is success that he then takes too far like he, he over stay, and over and over again he stays too long at the table and yet he's an incredibly like this the story of robert evans life if you watch his version of it anyway is that he's like a very handsome charismatic guy who talks himself into positions he honestly probably is unqualified for but he has his name attached to some very successful films and his friends with a lot of other very famous people from the 70s and he just kind of got to stick around and i mean too i think i think you know bob odenkirk with his mr show sketch which was two years before this episode was it the god's book on tape yes yeah i yeah, thought you so better believe yeah. It. yeah that one and the pat oswald stuff i think the little bit of that is like oedipal stuff for that generation of comedy nerds so like, oh, this is these are guys who were my dad's age in the 70s and now he wrote a funny book and isn't he a crazy weird guy he is and i will say for all of that though if you have never actually just listened to the Robert Evans like the the thing the kid stays in the picture is based on the documentary the book on tape he reads after hearing the Pat Oswalt bit and seeing the Mr. Show bit I did go out and get a copy of it and it is every bit as deranged as they make you believe it is <laughs> it is one of the most fascinating books on tape I have ever listened to yeah uh, I gotta get that on audible just yeah. like a six hour Robert Evans podcast I gotta hear the totally f- yeah you're right I gotta hear the full thing because the the documentary cuts it together and it's just they turn it into it's it's the same of just robert evans talks over pictures thing uh it's probably just adapted from the book but i bet it cuts out the craziest stuff or just the the weirder minutiae which uh yeah i also definitely i i also since watching this episode read the book easy riders raging bulls which has other stuff about robert evans in there uh his weird stuff with bobby town like mm. that yeah there was some story about like like just multiple stories of three ways that they were having together robert evans and bobby town uh, just coke and, and sex just all all hanging around there all at charlie blue dorn's house <laughs> charlie blue dorn eh? <laughs> uh, i love his evans. his impersonation of charlie blue dorn is one of my favorite things in that whole book but or in the movie version that i saw he mentions yeah. uh the two jakes in this interview i've seen that movie that film's ridiculous it like, sucks yeah, it's, <laughs> i kind of wish they I, let him act in it before Oh, Chinatown. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> it's. I think it's like the only movie Jack Nicholson directed. And uh, like Robert Evans was going to be in it. But I think his plastic surgery he got from the movie was just such a, a mistake. They're yeah. like, we can't put you on screen. Also, he's not a very good actor. Uh, no. 
no i i mean how indulgent is that that jack nicholson's like i'm gonna i'm gonna direct a movie <laughs> and my best friend's gonna be this co-star we'll both be jake uh so but in a sequel to chinatown like just it's all it's all wrong he had just been the joker in the world was his oyster that's true yeah <laughs> but you can see robert evans at least like as far as you know coked up hollywood executives go he probably is the most entertaining there ever was oh definitely and as far as i know like on the problematic scale of all those people who were doing all the cocaine and having all the sex he doesn't actually rank that highly like it's yeah he got into a lot of dumb shit but at the same time i'm as far as i know he didn't do anything like super illegal or horrible to people at least not that has been been said at this time yes yeah yeah unlike um the still living charlie rose which fuck him. yes like, yeah uh in case you don't know who he is he hosted a pbs talk show just called charlie rose on uh pbs from 1991 to 2017 when he was ousted for uh, lots of sexual harassment claims and i was reading his response to that and it was like uh, oh i guess you know it wasn't mutual although some of these claims are very exaggerated ugh, ugh, but man. uh remember that story a few months ago, uh, like maybe a year ago now where it was like him trying to plan a comeback of interviews with Me Too men. It's like him, him and Matt Lauer together producing uh, Andrew V. Show. Like, ugh, disgust. That didn't get very far, though, did it? I, I thankfully no. I think. I okay. Mean, they they could just put it on Twitch. Like Twitch won't take them off TV. Like they they get away with. It. But I think they're too old to understand they could just stream it. But thankfully i mean fuck that like uh, charlie rose fuck him uh, look at the time charlie rose is exactly who you would get for this kind of segment because he is like the the ultimate example of the extremely boring but extremely omnipresent interviewer mm -hmm. of the time and a, certainly someone who would be interviewing a guy like robert evans but yeah like i i could probably just do without anything charlie rose related going forward in my life now the, the stuff they wrote for uh i'll play the clip now uh now but i i think the stuff they wrote for charlie rose is accurate to how he interviewed people which is just like very very insidery questions that if you uh like if this is your first robert evans interview it doesn't seem to care if you know what he's talking it's, about it's more about proving how smart he is than offering anything to the viewer very much so yeah we're back with legendary producer robert evans now before you did the godfather there was love story tell us about that ah love story the little picture that could was paramount chopping at the bit to make it <laughs> you better believe they weren't but once that tear jerky hit John Q. Popcorn, it was Bafa Boohoo box office all the way. <laughs> and the critics loved it, too. I remember Vincent Canby said, I'm going to kill you, Homer. You are so dead. <laughs> now, Chinatown was a classic. But you had problems with the sequel, The Two Jakes? Oh, boy. Disappointed. I had the blues like Chasen's at Chili. I said to myself, Evans, you forgot Hollywood rule number one. Kill Homer Simpson. <laughs> hey, what's all the screaming? Some of us have grammar school in the morning, you know. Maybe you should see a doctor, homie. A head doctor. I'm not crazy. <laughs> it's a TV that's crazy! Aren't you, TV? The crisis? Charlie Bluton's birthday. The solution? A snappy banner. Out comes the phone, in flies Bobby Town, and six drafts later, I had myself a party. You see? Gibberish. All gibberish. <laughs> Man, Charlie Rose sounds like he is just calling in on the phone. I never noticed that yeah. on the show, but hearing it in this he clip does. just now, yeah. You could just hear like, tss in the background yeah. when he's talking. 
I wonder what happened. Alex's audio sounds 10 times better than Charlie Rose on here. <laughs> well, you know, I'm just better than Charlie Rose in general. It strikes me listening to this just how very James Lipton his delivery is actually in a lot of those questions. Like it has that inside the actor studio kind of thing, but mm. just more boring and less ridiculous. Yeah, you know what? This would have been better with James Lipton, you know? Uh, Most things would be. I think so, yeah. but he's already been on the show, right? Hmm, boy. Yes. Wait. Now, man, I'm fuzzy. He was on at some point. I think he's... he was on at some point. I can't remember if it was before this or after this. I think We've... it's a le- slightly after this. I think. He was in the sweetest of Pooh. We've uh, Oh, okay. Which is not we have not done that one yet. Okay. Yeah. All yeah. right. That's uh We we're recording like 9 episodes in advance, so it's hard to remember. Uh, <laughs> it's a confusing. It's we're living in like 7 different months at the same time right now. Yeah, you know, that would have been better with Lipton, but I guess the it was a big deal at the time to get a Charlie Rose thing. Like, this is such a star-studded episode, needlessly so. Uh, but yeah, the at least, you know, Robert Evans, they wrote, they could have even gone farther with funny things to have him say, but you better believe they weren't. That was, that's at yeah. least a good one. He said the line. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I also like Bart coming into the room going like, what's all this screaming? Because Homer has <laughs> screamed like eight times out loud, uh, freaked out at all of this. Uh, and uh, I also like, I do like the funny acting on Marge going like, a head, head doctor. doctor. That's funny. <laughs> then we cut to, honestly, a rather stock scene for Burns where he, I think he's kind of out of character. Like Burns being, is yeah, too uh, nice. Obsequious to this uh, state employee, this government employee. Yeah, it's also like, I feel like it should be parodying more the oh no my boss is coming over to dinner kind of feel of this yeah it's it doesn't really commit to that sort of like yes it's so generic because the guy's like i hope uh well i've seen nothing out of the ordinary and it's like setting up homer walking into the scene i do like homer's cowboy sleeping bag and trying to breastfeed that's at least kind of funny it's a it's a it's a crazy visual like on the commentary they're like you've never seen this before on tv (laughs) have you (laughs) uh i do i do like uh burns's line about homer is the the maniac they hired to remind everyone of the gift of sanity <laughs> a harmless maniac uh, and and I, you know as much as this is out of character for burns i always like it when burns is reacting to something increasingly ridiculous and it's like oh god what's he doing now <laughs> like it's just it's a good delivery yeah yeah and uh, and so homer gets sent to the uh the nuclear power plants uh on call therapist i guess they hired him after they got homer committed well, Marvin Monroe's dead, so yeah. he must have replaced Marvin Monroe after he got committed for a pink shirt in that uh, episode that no longer exists. <laughs> uh, but yes, Homer sees a therapist. <laughs> you hate your father, don't you? Sometimes, but the guy I really hate is your father. I shouldn't have brought that up. I was just venting. Anywho, I think your fear of death is causing your insomnia, which is provoking your erratic behavior. Well, why isn't my baby gaining weight? Because it's made of plastic. I see. What you need is a good long rest. I suggest Florida. Florida? But that's America's wing. They prefer the Sunshine State. Ah, <laughs> uh, boy. So, they, yeah. <laughs> I like that just before we started the scene, the therapist, like, went off on his dad, <laughs> and Homer's like, man, your, your dad sucks. But I hate him. This, I think uh, we got the phrase America's Wang from this episode. Mm, yeah, I think so. And Henry, you're from it's America's accurate. Wang. Or you moved to America's Wang. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, I'll I'll identify as a Floridian. I I was born in Arkansas, so I guess if you want to be strict about that, I'm an Arkansan. Uh, but from ages 10 to 24, I lived in Florida. So all my uh, uh, Simpsons years, a lot of them were spent in 
Florida. And so you would think that I would have been more excited by an episode, the Simpsons go to Florida, but maybe that also for me rubbed more salt in the wound. Huh. That Like my least favorite episode is when they go to my state, but now where, where in Florida were you raised? Because there is the distinctive like regions of Florida. That is very true, Alex. Yes. It's, I, a, it's a big wang. <laughs> uh, so yeah. well, I guess if we're talking about uh, the, it in wang terms, I'm so, at the base of the penis of Florida, okay. uh, which the more Northern area of Florida, to jacksonville which is ironically the more southern uh culturally like oh yeah uh, not to say like jacksonville has beaches and you'll have some spring break fun there but it's certainly not like miami or orlando or the gulf of florida like there's so many different types of areas in florida and jacksonville is much more like other parts of the south like it's not a big i'll, I'll say moving there from pine bluff arkansas not a huge change other than having the atlantic or ocean nearby pretty much gotcha yeah i i actually was in florida for the very first time this year somehow this year i was wow. in florida for the first time my band played a few shows down in the orlando area and it was the first time i'd ever been mm. oh. uh and it was a good time except for the well i mean it was a good time and then we got back and then three days later is when the first tsa employee at the orlando airport uh got tested positive for covid oh. and then everything kind of went from there so timing couldn't have been better or also more alarming given how all that went i mean uh, i was eventually planning on going for the first time just to go to disney i've been to disneyland a ton of times number two the the whole world uh series of parks but i uh, don't know uh, if I'll, that'll happen before i'm 50 uh, yeah i mean uh i'm i'm sad that my uh younger brother he still lives there he's he's not le like me i left jacksonville uh 13 14 years ago now uh my younger brother's still there uh he's also like it jacksonville is one of the florida at the time of this recording in august florida has uh i think some of the worst response to covid in the united states it's a real pp soaked tech hole as they would say <laughs> and uh, my brother's staying as safe as he can but uh but it is also the wrestling capital of america right now florida because that's Good where they're, they're being allowed to do pro wrestling <laughs> uh and in spite of other states Heats, uh, laws Perhaps against. flying in the face of safety and reason and God, pro wrestling continues to exist. <laughs> uh, you can't stop the most carny of businesses, like the and the guys who run the NFL. They're just like, man, how does how does wrestling do it? Like they they get away with everything. Uh, you know, if I lived in Jacksonville now, the only thing I'd be happy about is that it's the home of a pro wrestling company that I enjoy. That's the one. And yet, I still wouldn't be going to their shows right now because I would uh, fear for my life. You're right too. Oh, yeah. you have you have a self-preservation instinct, is what you're saying. <laughs> uh, some people prefer wrestling to uh, self-preservation. Not not me at this moment. Nope. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So I I also think it's weird. This guy just out of nowhere sends Homer to Florida. I feel like there's a missing joke that should be him going like, "Oh, I get paid selling vacations. That's how. That's my real job." Yeah, that's the delivery. Is very much this like, "Well, I suggest this to everyone" kind of thing, <laughs> and it just doesn't have that. So it does feel exactly exactly as tossed off as the rest of this episode's premises yeah i think he should start to go into like a timeshare kind of breakdown as homer like leaves the office 
yeah, he's got the brochure right there, too. So the Simpsons are going to Florida. There's another <laughs> joke about how aggressively uncreative they're being because the way Bart and Lisa are arguing is about nothing. Like, the joke is that it's there just saying, Lisa's sitting, well, Bart's sitting next to me, Lisa is growing. <laughs> Lisa's growing, yeah. <laughs> Homer, Homer's My Pockets Hurt was uh, funny. That's and it's his one, mental yeah. pendant. Yeah, I, you know, in his collection of pendants, I forgot the mental one. That's good. We need to make a list of all the Homer pennants. I think we're we're coming up to the end of pennant season. Obviously, XFL pennants coming in a couple years. I think that's the final pennant. Wow, that's what a one to go out on. It's when he finds out in 2002 that the XFL isn't coming back, which uh, it's coming on again and might just be coming back another time, this time run by The Rock and uh, <laughs> his ex-wife slash business partner. <laughs> and also some other rich guy, some other billionaire or man, multi-millionaire. I forget the other. It's uh, some hedge fund dude anyway what are the what are the odds that vince mcmahon is still actually going to be shadow controlling this thing through the rock what do you think is that a conspiracy mm. is that something you want to believe in i would bet the first time the rock needs more money vince will buy back into the xfl is I, vince going to become like the deep state of the wwe <laughs> just his brain in a jar uh, he's i mean he's never going to stop that's for sure if there was anyone in pro wrestling that would have themselves frozen to try and make sure that they could come back someday and continue running that organization, Vince McMahon is that person. Uh, yeah, you know, I predict, well, who knows, they, these things get me on these <laughs> podcasts, but I predict that Vince will outlive Sumner Redstone. I think he'll oh. last even longer than him as being in charge of it. Uh, Didn't but, Sumner Redstone die? Oh, I mean, he'll live longer than Sumner Redstone. Okay, did. got it. Yes, yes okay, yeah. good. Now I'm on board. <laughs> but anyway, the Simpsons arrive in Florida. Looks like a terrible place to relax. We're gonna get you to him, huh? So Marge, obviously a fan of Sir Mix a lot. Yeah. And his uh, unsuccessful follow-up to Baby Got Back, put him on the glass. Yes, yeah. The way she uh, says it, it has to be a reference to that. Right? Yeah. And it's not oh, even yeah. like a recent reference. That was like that song was six years earlier. Wow, that's how old the put him on the glasses. I, I I did not I missed when that was new. I've only heard it as a recent reference on stuff. I and the and the level of detail they put into the putting of breasts upon a glass is also like we the horny animators are at it again i, I mean think. maybe it's just the the fact that it's it's being performed the act but pr pressing breasts against glass is never flattering it's ever flattering <laughs> to the breasts that's all i'll say no i i'm trying to think if i've ever actually been in any way eroticized by breasts being smushed against glass and no it is always like, a comical reaction it is always a <laughs> look at that it's never a ooh. it's like ooh, a sexy mammogram is happening happening in front of me uh and and here is maybe my least favorite homer that's ever been on the show oh he just I, is like the like the the uh, john belushi slash jim belushi party dude who uh, just forgets he has a family who uh, try his first action is to jump out of the car and flip it over potentially injuring his entire family while screaming spring break which it's like i don't know so look up to this point 
Homer is a guy who likes to drink a lot and he'll have fun at a at a you know carnival or whatever but I just never saw him as a guy that if you send him the spring break his second the moment he's there he's like oh look at boobs and drink yay spring break like that just doesn't feel like him to me yeah I mean if you look at the the plot doesn't really track because he's just like she's shattered at this point from lack of sleep and fear of death it'd be a funnier episode if he was like terrorized by spring break fun and couldn't uh, couldn't take part in it because of his condition but instead he just immediately becomes party dude they forget about whatever his problem is and it also just feels like such a straight down the middle way to go with a joke of like well what do we do with homer oh he becomes a spring break party monster like that's and it's just it's easier jokes it just doesn't feel as uh, as effortful i guess either so not to jump ahead here because I, I i imagine we'll talk about this later but like I, I i was reading about this episode and apparently it ran like four minutes over in the original cut and they had to cut some stuff from the middle of the episode which might have made parts of it make more sense if the setup for this episode means so little why why are we keeping that stuff and not just keeping the stuff that actually ties into the plot is the thing that i find the most confusing because they just completely discard everything that was setting up why they were going to florida the second they get there i guess there's just like maybe five seconds of homer saying i got a good night's sleep for the first time in a while but that's the only time they ever reference like what his problem was yeah you know there in the deleted scenes there's several that would have made a lot of more stuff clear in the second two acts that you know the not that the quiz the quiz master stuff is kind is funnier than other parts in this episode but that could just be extricated like it could just be homer taking the quiz uh and then him in bed taking the quiz with marge but i guess his quiz master costume maybe wouldn't make sense but yeah the uh this this giant turn on homer is just ridiculous it's too it's too much and also i mean i am a little inert by like what was seen as acceptable debauched spring break activity that we see in the pan that starts the next sequence it's just now makes me go like this is sexual harassment this is not spring break party fun yeah yeah that it that it felt like in the year 2000 we didn't think about like consent uh, a lot in in the year 2000 sadly, i guess sadly sadly no no we did not uh well also it's like it's shocking to see there's not like extra jokes to that party pan either because it's like it's just like some topless women running around it's like it's just it's animal house it's it's all these type of frat boy movies of the 80s there's not extra jokes on top of it there's not like an invert a fun inversion of spring break fun it's just like no they're just having fun i guess the giant 40 is a is a joke but you could probably see something like that at mtv spring break like we're gonna pour a giant beer on the sidewalk it's also impossible to satirize yes because it's so ridiculous to begin with on mtv spring break yeah i mean again the only jokes i feel like this entire section has are unfortunately related to the kid rock section and that sort of uh, negates some of my ability to enjoy them yes yeah i i guess turning royal fart into royal frat in is sort of a joke yeah like the the inside was already a joke before it was uh, mangled to be like a non-joke uh, it, is, it is just kind of confusing though and yes even though we heard them so much like seven episodes ago the new uh, rhythm and blues quartet is back playing uh it's a wild weekend <laughs> their 1989 uh, hit mike scully paying off his favorite 
uh, musicians again. And also like the, not to get ahead again, but one of the guest stars on the show became friends with Mike Scully and Julie Thacker at an NRBQ concert. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Homer is just this uncontrollable party monster. They also have a joke that Marge won't. I, I just don't like that Simpsons had a show us your boobs joke. It just and that Marge implying that she will do it later. Yeah. Not she, now. She's not against it entirely, but uh, that, which also feels like just uh, that's the Family Guy episode did that more with like Lois and Meg go to spring break and they're and Lois is a crazy party monster at it, which at least goes against expectations. Like, I think that's better written than just Homer becomes Jim Belushi. Not that that's a good episode, but I'm just saying. Uh, and so Homer wants to party. Marge won't let him. This is terrible. The whole point of coming down here was for you to get some rest. Show us your boobs. Not now. <laughs> uh, well, uh, enjoy your sightseeing. I promise I won't leave this bed. I trust you, honey. <laughs> Sweet dreams. Uh, could you just shut off the... <laughs> party! 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 Party? Now this is living! So you're strapped to a bed and, and I guess eventually released from the bed. And then the bed is put mm -hmm. on top of a party van as well. I I guess this is the most John Swartzweldery bit of the middle section, I think. And he was Just, able to write on the back of the bed. Yes, and open the door <laughs> and hop everywhere and that no one removed him from the bed even when they put him on top of his car. I did like that. This is a weird, a, a strange quibble for me, I will say. But uh, it is odd that everyone gets like uh, spring break uh, cl clothes and new outfits. But Homer is just in his regular like collared work shirt and work yeah. pants. It just it makes him stand out. Maybe that was the point. It makes him stand out. I guess. Shouldn't he have board shorts and a Hawaiian shirt, though? Well, let's just go at a puka shell necklace. Let's just go. Or all at least like a T-shirt that just says college or something. Uh, yeah. Go just get uh, get super obvious with it. Just may have it say college. Uh, he also doesn't binge drink on camera that much. Uh, well, oh, wait, actually. I There's a lot of it. He yeah. Does at one point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Now it's time for the MTV spring break jokes, which, uh, yeah, the it was like five years into MTV spring break of, uh, you know, the, the softcore porn on television. The Springer Springer break were all the dirtiest moments of it, as I, as I found in my research. And that was the, the Jerry Springer. Uh, he would do like fun stuff like double yeah. sexy double dare it was more of a stunt show than his regular like pretend talk show yeah that he had like it was uh, i mean the one i remember the most was five i believe it was five men and five women they said they wanted to do the whipped cream bikini from varsity blues mm. and somehow they unblurred on television got to appear with like barely any whipped cream covering their genitals and i was like the shock of it is still with me to this day <laughs> yeah no this all just came flooding back to me as you were describing this and uh i think i'm gonna need some therapy after this one <laughs> just like homer <laughs> yeah but we get fun references to f uh, famous la streets again a thing i didn't get is uh, when this was new yeah but, but now that i've been there several times like oh yeah sepulveda <laughs> i've been i've, I've uh, been uh, driven down that street mm -hmm. <laughs> i kind of like that they have a logan's run reference in there too i do like that that the the at 25 you're too old to be an mtv vj which vjs don't exist anymore though there were the vmas the night mm -hmm. before this podcast recording uh at least i would love to know what the portion of the the audience watching the simpsons at this point had ever actually seen logan's run mm, yeah you know to fit to fit in jokes for the youngsters 
posters with a reference to a 70s film it's it's going both ways i guess with the audience they're speaking to there and also some very horny animators drawing oh, yeah. these uh these vjs as well uh and uh, so yeah here we are kid rock is here let's talk about i think him. you mean president rock uh, not yet he's, uh 2024 he's... president rock and uh vp let's say don trump jr I think Dwayne the Rock. Is, I think Dwayne the Rock Johnson will be it before Kid Rock. A dual, like no, no, a Rock Rock ticket. Oh, I see a double Rock ticket. Yeah. Well, then what is Chief of Staff Don Junior? Then I guess he's got to be in there yeah. with his strange beard. Ugh, ugh. <sighs> Kid Rock is no good. I didn't like this then. I I guess let's all talk about our personal experiences, Kid Rock, and the di- so. For me, in 1999, I was friends, thankfully, I was friends with people who had better taste in music than me that really upgraded my taste in music because I probably would have had a time of listening to Kid Rock in 1999 into 2000. But fortunately, one of my friends who I respected his taste in music, when I Am the Bull God came on like TV, he was like, this song sucks. And he just <laughs> tore it apart. I was like, okay, the older boy tells me that this song's bad. Uh, fortunately, and instead, I got turned on to Refused, which I'm very happy that i i listened to the, that oh that's up. considerably better yes hmm. yeah uh i was like all my friends in the late 90s were getting into way harder stuff like new metal uh this like dirtbag rock kid rock kind of stuff i don't know what genre this is uh um a metallica which is good i just am not into it and i was going the opposite direction i was getting into like things like new wave and like pixies and like uh early 90s late 80s alternative and stuff like that just like way way different so i feel like i dodged a bullet by not getting into this or corn or anything in that melange of like angry for no reason 90s 2000s rock where their bigger problems were on the horizon but for some reason white men were very angry about things mm-hmm. they wanted to break yeah. stuff <laughs> oh, it was one of the song titles yeah i'm not gonna stand here and tell you that i did not have deeply questionable t- musical taste in a lot of different ways around the turn of the millennium like there was any number of new metal bands and and rap rock things that i was way more tolerant of back then than i certainly would be now you know it, there was definitely a period of my life uh, a few years prior to when kid rock made it big that i will not i, I would not have called myself a juggalo but i certainly did listen to some insane clown posse mm. uh so i believe me when i say that i am not trying to front like I'm, i was too cool to like bad music when i say right now that even then i thought kid rock absolutely sucked shit the second i heard pretty much anything that came out like bawa Taba was definitely the first thing of his i ever heard i thought that might make okay wrestling entrance music and then never wanted to hear anything of his ever again and then you find out he's a complete fraud, the child of a multimillionaire. His dad owns a dealership, by the way. Uh, yeah. And uh, just, dealerships. Yeah, and he's uh, just like the biggest fraud, uh, stealing uh, stealing dirtbag valor, yeah, I will say. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'm the new Leonard Skinner. I'm, I was rich before I started recording anything. Like, yeah. And, and of course, that's why he's like now a conservative bigwig, like one of the most famous conservative dudes. Oh, God, he's just, he sucks. And yet this was, I think, so that was in 1999 when Ball with the became a big hit and also Cowboy. And so this was a year by the time this aired, it was a year later. And this is a month ahead of the release of the History of Rock album, which includes the song American Badass, which is, I think, his most popular song. Maybe Ball with the is, mm. is bigger. But I when he was on the show, it is his high watermark is about to be reached like he's hotter than ever. 
And I think that's also what really bugged me seeing him on the show, that it reminded me like, uh, Kid Rock's such a big deal. He's on The Simpsons now. This sucks. And they don't really like lampoon him in any way or like no. have fun with him. It's just like, this just could be his act. Yeah. But what about Sweet Joe like- C? <laughs> And like the stuff in there that feels like is jokey just feels like corny. Like the part where he's like, hey, we're going to do this bit where we, you know, we we pour one out for all the fallen homies and they like wheel a street corner in there. And like you said, that feels like the exact kind of corny bullshit he would probably do in his own live set <laughs> with completely unexamined irony whatsoever. And it just isn't really funny so much as it just like, boy, they're just giving him a lot of screen time, aren't they? Uh, and, and yeah, you know, the level of respect they treat him with is equal to like Paul McCartney. They treated yeah. him with the same level of respect and that I think is also infuriating too. Homer's upsetting this talented performer. Oh god. And but I, I, I mean was, seeing Homer sing along to Ba with Ba like eh, horrible. We horrible. must talk about the fallen angel Josie. Yeah, so who, yeah, uh, let's, who play, <laughs> let's play the jingle I guess. Yeah, I got right? last time yeah. this uh, this episode. <laughs> Death stalks you at every turn. So yeah, Josie died uh, shortly after this episode aired in November of 2000 at the age of 26. Complications from uh, dwarfism, which gave him a lot of medical issues. I was reading about him at one point. uh, He was taking like 65 pills a day to just combat all of the the health issues that come with his form of dwarfism, whatever that was. And I guess he was a Kid Rock super fan that became like an onstage performer because Kid Rock thought he was a child Mm -hmm. fan at first. Yeah, and he kind of became the mascot for the band and... I mean, he lived as hard. I think from the sound of it, he was uh, partying as hard as any of the other people in the Kid Rock posse, but his body wasn't built for that. And it's uh, it's it's tragic now to think of Joe. We were all entertained by Josie. These jokes in here is like, yeah, haha, Josie, it's a little person with Kid Rock. We all we all laugh at the silliness of it. And, and hearing that information just brings me down. <laughs> it was the age of the, uh, let's say, dwarf throwing contest jokes and things like that. Wee Man was a superstar yeah. and jackass oh. at the same time we man yeah. holy and Vern troyer the tr- the trinity of little people stars at the time uh hank the angry drunken dwarf didn't make it in uh, that trilogy yeah he's, you, henry shuddered at the <laughs> mere mention of hank uh, I, mm. well it's uh i he brought down hanks all over it's the world true it's true he had a he had <laughs> alcoholism I will, I will say that the only bit of this entire section the kid rock section of this episode that i thought was mildly funny was when they throw the world war one kaiser helmet on josie and are about to launch him at homer i thought okay yeah i mean that's i wouldn't have expected that i wouldn't have thought of that so that's at least something a little bit inventive but yeah everything else about this bit is just not good not good this is related by the way i've never seen the movie osmosis jones but apparently uh that is josie's last film role and he is in the band uh get this kidney rock uh Oh boy, this is very funny. I'm more of an Ozzy yeah. and Drix man myself. <laughs> uh, there's and there's one more bit in in Kid Rock history I wanted to uh, mention here too is that uh, talking about how this is the high point for Kid Rock. So he's on this in the end of April. By the end of May, May 28th, 2000, where Kid Rock will make his first and hardly his last appearance on WWE television where him and Joe C will appear on Raw to do live the Undertaker's new theme, American Badass. And Donald Trump is in the front row. Yep, yeah. <laughs> Might as well be. Uh, that's how, I mean, I... 
I have been sadly party to hearing Kid Rock play live because for a pro wrestling video game event, I, uh, this is me complaining about a free trip. <laughs> I got to go to, and these uh, nachos were cold, <laughs> uh, but no, I got to go to WrestleMania 25, which was pretty awesome, except for having to hear Kid Rock play like a medley of songs It uh, I can't, I can't recall if you were there, Alex. Uh, which year was this? Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. I was not there. I think that was when I was working at Harmonix. So I thankfully oh. missed the window for that one. Yeah, God, I so thankfully in my life managed to avoid ever being in a physical space where Kid Rock is performing. And I'd like <laughs> to keep that streak going as long as possible. Uh, he never worked with you guys on a, on a scrapped Kid Rock rock, uh, rock band? Kid Rock band. Yeah. You know, he never made it into rock band or really Guitar Hero for the most part. I don't know why that is. Mm. Maybe the people who made those games, despite putting tons of terrible bands in those games over the years, uh, maybe that just was a bridge too far. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Kid Rock is about to be like the, I believe I've heard it said before that uh, like WW, no, I think it's Limp Biscuit is WWE's favorite band, but Kid Rock's right behind him, I think. Actually, I think it was that when he first came out, The Undertaker as the American Badass, he'd come out to American Badass, which would then transition into Roland. So, <laughs> so yeah. What a great time 2000 yeah. was, man. The best. You know, maybe maybe this is me just being too old and, and not necessarily, it, this maybe wouldn't have made actual sense, but like, I feel like there are totally Florida acts that would have totally made sense in the context of like a, a, a spring break performance that would have served everyone better than getting Kid Rock. Like, for God's sakes, Two Life Crew, Tim's Floridians, <laughs> totally the kind of band you would have at a, a spring break, you know, get together. Uh, now, maybe at that point, the members of Two Life Crew were not speaking to each other. I don't know. But I just, I feel like there's there's other people you could have gone to for this that would have been as effective, if not more so. And also, Homer uh, likes Dinosaur Rock. Like, why is he getting into Kid Rock? <laughs> uh, well, you know, he's just waiting for the rapping granny. So That's true. He doesn't, he doesn't truly. Yes. Uh, I mean, I, I would think with, I would bet Scully's first pitch was like, who can who can we get from Skinner? Like, let's do that. And so it was, it was, Selman takes credit for suggesting a younger artist there i'm really glad rapping granny was not on this episode because there'd be a third death jingle okay <laughs> uh, a real act by the way uh i do like that homer i do like that when homer sees josie on stage homer's like don't worry i'm gonna tackle this child like that's an all right joke i i at least like that but yeah i think actually one of the my most reviled moments on the show is Homer singing along to Ball with the Ball? I think that is, I just hate that so much. I appreciate that he doesn't know the lyrics at all, but uh, nonetheless. I, yeah. I guess that it does reflect how uh, out of date Homer's tastes are because he tries to lead the audience in singing We Built This City. That's true. That keeps coming yeah. back. Yeah. Your name is. My name is Kid. 
There's a, there's a very funny story on the commentary where Mike Scully is uh, he's there and Kid Rock is coming in to record and they have to wait for Josie to call in from Detroit. So it's just this uh, showrunner of a cartoon in his late 40s sitting there with Kid Rock having to make small talk for 20 minutes. And Kid Rock is just like, oh, he's always late. <laughs> uh, that's uh, I, I'm not surprised Josie had some trouble getting out of bed that morning. <sighs> All right. Well, so... It cuts from that to uh, the rest of the family having some Florida fun on a fan boat. It's, uh, you know. Have I you never, ridden in a fan I boat? Haven't. Man. I haven't. I kind of wish I had. It's, uh, But it just seems like so loud and awful. Like, I think I have been on one of those, uh, what are they called? Like the duck boats where it's like a drivable. A pontoon boat? Well, it's like a, it's a van that can then go oh, in yeah. the water and then come back out. I uh, have been on that. Those are the duck boats. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but not a fan boat. Well, also all this mix of MTV and fan boats, it reminds me of the like I believe it was the Louisiana real world where there was a racist fan boat guy uh, in it. Uh, a racist fan boat guy. Yes, yeah. Impossible. Uh, but but here this fan boat guy is nothing but nice, pointing out uh, the local gator everybody loves. Now uh, gators in Florida, I have definitely uh dealt with as well like i I went at least once my family maybe even twice to the saint augustine alligator farm which is just like a whole bunch of alligators just everywhere and i tell you they are fat and lazy and let like moss grow on them they move so little but it's it's interesting to look at them alligators are cute in some ways but uh though we didn't have anything as cute as captain jack our the most famous gator there was gomek because he was like the biggest alligator in the world at one point huh. and he literally did like he, people had to tell us like no no that's not a stuffed gomek he's still alive he he was alive when i visited hold him. a mirror under his nose <laughs> we'll see uh but but captain i think that's another thing that brought me down watching this that captain jack is so cute that then when they like seemingly kill him you feel much worse than yeah, he's that. friendly yeah he's just a nice he rolls on his back and waves now does he just eat homeless people yes like that's... But the state <laughs> is throwing them in there yeah that's that's not on him uh he's you know you can't blame an animal for doing what he does uh but uh so yeah that that scene of establishing uh captain jack ends i the and i do like their florida outfits for the rest of the family they are well designed but. bart's a very like trashy shark tooth or whatever oh, he's got on love that yeah <laughs> it's great took me back to many a days looking for shark teeth uh fossilized shark teeth on the the florida beaches my mom was addicted to it like she has seriously like a a 20 gallon jar oh just my God. filled with oh, shark wow. teeth that she just picked up over 20 years it's it's crazy huh. that's your inheritance <laughs> uh, uh but uh yes we then return to more kid rock and this was another thing i hated about this watching it the first time i still don't like it which is the second kid rock says there's going to be a giant 40 you know exactly what's happening like in that it goes to the exact place it is which like yeah homer's gonna drink a giant bottle of liquor and then he does it like it just feels empty to me it's it's too obvious and then we get a joke about I don't know, like white white comedy writers obsessed with like the fun variant on bitch mm -hmm. and yeah. also uh like two years later just be like you could put the word isle after things that's Ugh. pretty funny barf uh, be uh, yeah, the, I I'm shocked to hear them get away with biatch on television. Uh, I mean, the only thing I laughed at was all for Homer. That's that's at least yes. a, 
funny statement. The the glee in his voice as he is consuming the malt liquor is is a smile worthy moment. I but mean, yeah, like just between that and like right before that, Kid Rock being like, "It's yo, it's the pimp of the nation, Kid Rock," which is apparently a line that he wanted inserted himself. Just ugh, pimp ugh. of the na- I didn't vote for him, <laughs> <laughs> and you never will. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, but yes, Homer and Kid Rock, they're almost having a fight. Yo, let's waste that biatch. Biatch? What? <laughs> ah, son of a bug! <laughs> we built this city on rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give that punk a Joe C section. Let's do this thing. All right now, boys, that's enough. Kid Rock, that's not like you. And Joe C., would your mama want you stretching out that sweatshirt like that? No, sir. Please don't tell mama. They called you a pig, Sheriff. Well, I don't care what they call me, as long as they play Fists of Rage. That's a good song. (laughs) That's apparently a deep cut from Devil Without a Pause album. Yeah, I had to look that up. Uh, But yeah, that's Dietrich Bader. Mm -hmm. I think best known Mm -hmm. at this point from uh, the Drew Carey show. That show, he was on that show for nine years. Wow. And in every episode of it, too. Uh, Do you think he's better known from that show or from Office Space? Hmm, I think way more people saw Drew Carey at the time. Office Space became a bigger hit, like uh, post-VHS and DVD. Well, right. And, and for the kids 10 years younger than us, or 20 years younger than us, he's he's most famous as, like, Batman. He's been... Yeah, he, yeah. he has voiced Batman right. more than anybody who isn't Kevin Conroy. He's, he's voiced Batman that much. Yeah. Oh, shit. I forgot he was Jethro in the Beverly Hillbillies movie. That's right, yeah. He was a great Jethro. Wow. That movie, I think it holds up. I, you know, It's better than you yeah. think it would be. Yeah, Jim Varney in a non-earnest role. I'm into it. Let's do more. That well, not, We can't do that yeah. anymore, but no, we should have. We should have. It's funny. The last time they did white trash comedy with a guest star, it was with Jim Varney as Cooter. And That's now, right. Now we've got him. I, I mean, Diedrich Bader, uh, he... If you look into his background, I was shocked to find out what his his father is a high level politician who also was high ranking member in the World Bank and the Ford Foundation. Mm. So, I mean, if you're a conspiracy minded person and look into the Ford Foundation plus CIA on Google, you might be uh, shocked at what you find <laughs> out. But don't don't anger the beater. Sorry. The uh, oh, yeah. Bader. Sorry. Yeah. This is a whole episode full of guest stars with shocking backgrounds, isn't it? Yeah. Though, though, Diedrich just seems like a cool dude who just like yeah. he's. Yeah, I mean, I I read a random roles on him from AV Club. Some of my favorite like celeb interviews they did. But Diedrich uh, is his middle name. His first name is Carl. Uh, okay, Carl Bader. <laughs> uh, but but like the the thing they mentioned when they asked him about Beverly Hillbillies, he's like, I love working with Jim Varney because we're both classically trained actors who came to this and he's like and he's like jim jim varney was way better than me he remembered all of his shakespeare lines i didn't <laughs> remember any of mine uh and and yeah he was just getting into his second career as a voice actor at this time like he'd um before this he'd been on the buzz Lightyear show and recurring roles and other stuff and 
and now he's just i mean he's more a voice actor a sad thing on the commentary is they're like what do you want to promote he's like oh well, it's uh meet the spartans it's the parody of 300 oh, I'm like, oh, oh no. no i forgot yeah. about that oh yeah. well he got a paycheck oh. yeah he knew he knew he knew what was i up. think like i feel like meet the spartans was the nadir even for that whole section that time frame of bad parody movies i feel like that was actually the worst of them it was at the point where they weren't even doing like um, genre parodies or whatever. It was named after a yeah. specific movie, but that wasn't even like the entirety of what they were parodying. Wasn't that the one where it had the Britney Spears head shaving thing in the trailer? Uh, yeah, the uh, the Britney shaves her head and is then kicked into the hole a la This Is Sparta. A guy says this Sparta kicks in the hole. Kevin Sorbo's there. Uh, this is the only one of those movies I hate watched in a dark time in my life. So I, wow. I sadly have a lot of meat the spartans remembered i i believe diedrich bader has to act with a bunch of like cat shit on his face at one point so that's good for him so yeah that was made by jason friedberg and aaron seltzer who were basically the duo that were supposed to be like the new you know abrams and zuckerberg like <laughs> parody people like they did they were the ones that made spy hard they made the original scary movie and then they went on to make date movie epic movie meet the spartans disaster movie and so on and so forth. No one ever talks about their 2010s uh, movies like Vampires Suck. Ugh. Oh God, that's probably worse and than Meet the Spartans because it doesn't even have good actor, a couple good actors in it. The Starving Games. Uh, uh, well, also, Bob, would you guess that in Meet the Spartans that they have some jokes about how they might be gay? Oh, that, that's that's humor that's never been done before. Yeah, and uh, and I also recall that Carmen Electra turns into the symbiote suit Spider Man, and the voice a uh, voiceover guy goes, and then she got covered in black goo, just like <laughs> Spider Man in that movie. It's like. Wow, they, they had no trust for their audience at all. These movies are such uh, just time tunnels because I was just looking to see like, okay, what happens in, in Disaster Movie? The movie ends with a parody of uh, I'm Fucking Matt Damon by Sarah Silverman. A parody of a what? comedy song. What? Yes. Oh my God. You had to be like alive and watching like a one week of Jimmy Kimmel or something to Jesus. understand what that even is. Uh, well, and also they had like uh, the the heavy set guy who ran around naked with Borat. Like he has a major role in the film. Oh, God, <laughs> this is just such a just a dark time for parody films. Because like you go back, I mean, look, I'm not gonna stand here and tell you every part of the Hot Shots movies hold up, but I can watch those movies and still laugh at things that are happening that are not just pop culture references. Every one of these, every single thing these guys made is just a different flavor of hot trash. <laughs> What's funny is when you look at the casts of each one, you can chart how they couldn't even get, they got worse and worse casts that like by the fifth one, I think they couldn't even get mad TV people like mad TV. Yeah. People were like, Nope, not doing it. Like even Kevin Sorbo was like, I think not. I'll be in God's yeah, not dead for things to do. I, I, we're talking too much about these guys, but I did. <laughs> yeah. I, I heard Ike Barinholtz on a podcast, even go like, these guys were assholes. I regret ever doing one of their movies. <laughs> Diedrich Bader just, he does, he seems like an agreeable guy who will just do stuff and he's uh yep. but he's he seems like a nice guy too even uh you know someday i hope to interview him about this and his father's connections to the cia huh. through 
history of the Ford Foundation. I want to know about this. But, but he's really good here playing an Andy Griffith type who then reveals himself to not be Andy Griffith, that it was all an act. At this I, point, I, he's I, being paid off by the beer companies. So he's also like, he's not only a hard-ass cop who uh, brutalizes people, but he also is easily bought off by a company as well. And, uh, and boys will be boys with sadly what was going on back then as uh, uh, Homer gets dropped off uh, to a terrified Marge. They kind of just don't even touch on how Marge is like worried her husband might be dead because he <laughs> came, she came home and he's not there. Uh, and I guess we find out that the cure to insomnia is blackout drinking. That's That fixes insomnia. So Homer is still ready to keep the spring break going, but spring break is over. My insomnia, it's gone. Check it out, Marge. I'm sane again. And I owe it all to spring break. Woo! Woo! I'm an animal. <laughs> hey, where is everybody? Spring break is over. It's time to get back to our studies. The world looks to us, the college students, for leadership. Fine. <laughs> Be nerds. I'll find some people who know the true meaning of the words party. We built this city. This kicked ass city. What kind of music built this city? Rock and roll. <laughs> Dad, look out! Look out for what? The giant gator. The giant. <gasps> <gasps> I do like how the gator is briefly happy to see them. Yes, yeah, he's <laughs> like, oh, my friend's on a fan boat and then smashed and killed. I, I just feel so bad for that poor gator. It didn't deserve this. Uh, but, I, you know, continuity nerd here, I will point out, this is actually good continuity. As established in Homer Palooza, Homer is a big fan of Jefferson Starship, so mm. it fits that he's, he'd be singing one of their songs. He hates Starland Vocal Band. Yes, yeah. <laughs> they suck. But Starship, he's all about. Uh, I And I do like, I, I wonder how intentional it was, but having Louie Louie playing that Homer does not sing along to and he instead is singing <laughs> Built This City over Louie Louie is funny all the music they had to license for these it's crazy on top of all these guest stars like they probably lost a ton of money just on ball with the ball and I, and I like i do like yardley's acting of uh quietly singing rock and roll <laughs> that's good that's the only acceptable way to sing along to that song because god it is just one of the worst pop songs of the last several decades it's terrible it's a terrible song that's why it's a karaoke favorite of mine because it's just so yep. yeah so bad it's it's about rocking and rolling and uh -huh. it is the least rocking song ever uh it's and, <laughs> and by people that ostensibly should have known better they well you know the well it was their our late 70s early 80s it was just it was a tough time for for that generation of rocker yeah uh and so captain jack seemingly dead uh, the cop shows up, Homer tries to run away, jumps in the water, comes out covered in snapping turtles. That's kind of funny. It's at least a funny visual. Uh, but yes, the Simpsons are under arrest. You killed Captain Jack. You in a heap of trouble, son. You'll have to catch me first. <gasps> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> okay, I'll go quietly. Did you really have to handcuff the children? No, ma'am, I did not. You seem so <laughs> understanding before. What happened to boys will be boys. You see, during spring break, the beer companies pay me to look the other way. 
The rest of the year, I'm a real hard ass. Okay, Sweet Pea, you're next. Whoa, looks like we got a teeny Houdini here. <laughs> well, don't you worry, darling. I got some baby cuffs in the station. I mean, <laughs> these are these are jokes, but I, I have seen now videos of children being handcuffed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the if Sims... you told me the, the Florida Police Department actually had baby cuffs on hand, I would believe that. Well, you know, that's why you invest in zip ties. Those will fit over any size wrist. Oh, yeah. So, you know. Oh, the pigs. They're great. Uh, that, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this this joke of, uh, of a hard-ass criminal treating uh, children horribly is too a little too real now. But also, I do like that the whole family laughs at Teeny Houdini, and then he's like, anyway, I'm going to get my... <laughs> The cuffs are the baby size cuffs. Uh, and then the whole, the, I, the rest of the family is going like, yeah, send Homer to jail, but we didn't do anything. But uh, I feel like these jokes about, you know, the crookedness of Florida laws, like this feels like early Florida man comedy to me, mm. which I just want to, sure. I, I just want to point out, like, I think these jokes are like, they make Florida look like 50% worse than every other state in America. I think they're 10% worse on crime, if that. Yeah, like, just because of what the sunshine law is, yeah. which uh, means uh, like those crimes can be reported nationally, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or it, something yeah. like that. It lets people know about it much more. Our, our friends on Citations yeah. Needed podcast... Uh, they did a whole episode about the Florida man it's thing and how it's uh, awful. All about a, shaming poor people. Yep, yeah. Totally. And I mean, look, the reality is there's people on meth everywhere in this country. Florida is not unique that way. Mm, yeah, I guess it's more, you know, the backdrop of Florida is more exciting to viewers than just like yeah. an Alabama meth dam. No one like, cares about yeah. Ohio man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mendocino County man is just not nearly that sexy. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so the, the family's under arrest. He walks away and there's a couple good jokes about undercutting expectations like how Homer goes, oh, we're free. And he breaks his cuffs on the on the uh, nail. Yeah. The keys are hanging from. I, I do love Homer. Uh, Lisa is like, you can't drive that. You don't have your license. He turns the key in the car and it starts. He's like, it worked. Yes. Yeah. I have that clip. Okay. Yeah. So I was just say these are just jokes where it's like it feels like there was supposed to be a joke there, but no one could come up with one. So like, what's the thing that Homer could do that is not expected? Like it, if the, and there isn't necessarily like a punchline there. It's just like. We needed something funny to happen there, so Homer does the thing that no one would do. And I don't know, like, I just, I feel like this episode has way too much of that. <laughs> I I at least like that Homer actually thought not having a license means you'd lose your ability to drive. Yeah. I do like yeah. that. Lisa's being just too much of a nerd of going like, but it'd be illegal to drive without a license. But I guess, too, she's just saying like, well, you'll never be free. Like, they have your license. They know you can't, you'll be a fugitive for the rest of your life if you run away from this, Homer. They drive away and uh there's also a cute joke of i do really like the animation of him tossing his hat down and then a cartoonish <laughs> boying back onto his head <laughs> and no one's around to see it uh and then comes a high-speed car chase with guns being shot at each other feels uh feels a little different now these jokes i they just make me sad uh, it seemed funny of just like in 2000 like ah what a funny joke about like action films or whatever uh, and then comes a pretty good joke of the family getting like hit by a train, like dodging one train and hit by another train. Yeah. I mean, even if, uh, so Matt Selman points out that even if you don't like this episode, no other act break in any other show would have a family, uh, go to sleep after being hit by a train. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. in, in the car, that's the train is still pushing. Yes. Yeah, so I think act three begins with them waking up. Yes. It's a good visual bit. Like just the, the whole, you know, we, we beat the train and then another one comes around. Like I just, I, it's maybe the only actual like belly laugh 
this episode got out of me. And and I liked uh, Homer when Martin said, like, you'll kill us all. And he's like, or die trying. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the you have, I Selman is right to point that out. Like, you know what? We at least did a cool act break and return from the commercial break there. They're stuck on the front of the train. Homer also steals some food off screen. <laughs> and uh, I, I like the animation of the uh like the pole being worked to uh, lodge them free that's a funny little visual and seemingly they should all be dead how long that car falls especially homer he's, he's not even wearing a seatbelt. but homer is lit on fire at least there and then comes another just very random couple of minutes but the funniest uh minutes in this episode i think yeah the um the diner stuff and them living as bumpkins does feel very swartzwaldery especially the uh i don't know hard scrabble uh waitress manager who just sees the good qualities in everybody but it's like very arbitrary like you're blank i like that (laughs) and also just the fact that the diner is in the middle of the everglades with like seemingly no roads or anything else around it yes yeah it's it's a magical diner and and it's one of those like old-timey movie throwbacks that they like to put in there i mean how many mystery science theater movies do we have like Mm -hmm. uh, off the top of my head i accuse my parents and red zone cuba both have scenes of going to a diner that uh, with a very nice owner <laughs> things end in different ways for both of the yeah. owners there but you can always get a job and a place to live <laughs> yes yeah. mm. french fried potatoes on the side yeah, yeah. a nice hamburger sandwich <laughs> <laughs> uh but yes the uh, this lady at the diner quite nice you took the signs out of the window that's pretty presumptuous how do you know i'm gonna hire you sorry i just want to be a broom boy so bad <laughs> i like your attitude you're hired how about you, Missy? You want to be a mop girl? Not really, no. I like your honesty. You're hired. And you two haven't said a word. I like that. You're hired. Woohoo! Hey, keep it down. Y'all can stay in this trailer. Now it ain't Buckingham Palace. Oh. But I raised eight youngins, three chillins, and a baby here. Ew. Mmm, it's so cozy. You're insincere. I like that. <laughs> all that i like that stuff is really funny she's a good yeah. a good one-off character and that's that you're you're right that is very swartzweldery mm-hmm. yeah the uh though i guess not swartzweldery in that he'd write a woman to do anything but uh right <laughs> but but yeah the and, and tress does a great job with this lady too and and i also uh an underrated joke i just really caught this time the fact that she makes a distinction between youngins chillins and a baby, baby yeah. like mm-hmm. those are should all be interchangeable but when she says and a baby it makes you go like well then wait then what are youngins and chillins to you if not a child they're all different age ranges <laughs> yeah them all adapting instantly to it like uh when they're working the countertop i love that homer is just as like kind of suggestively friendly uh to that guy like how about some more hash brown sugar <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and then at homer at peak jerk ashley he's ready to beat her head in and to perhaps escape in this uh, in this next clip let's just end authorities in six toe county are on the lookout for a family of fugitives they're charged with <gasps> gator side and defrauding an amtrak snack bar <laughs> trouble with the law huh well i'm not one to judge the way i see it we're all sinners and... <laughs> y'all just lie low here you'll be safe with old Vilma. Stop that. But I was just Scat. gonna try to Go knock you out. Just quit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Homer doesn't even have an excuse. He just say like Stop. I was gonna try to knock you out. <laughs> 
And the funny animation of him pretending to use it as a mirror. mirror. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but this goes, this also like this third act is packed with like three ideas. This is, it could be them working at the diner. It could be them on trial or it could be them in jail, but it's all three of those things and in like four minutes. There's no time for any of it. Yeah. These are like three different episode ideas. Uh, but the Sim- the Simpsons become hillbilly. So they also have to have another change of clothes in this episode. They Homer doesn't have a Florida outfit, but he, he does have a different outfit when he goes crazy in this episode. So it really is four different sets of clothes for the entire family have to be designed, which this is just a lot to put on your animation team. I think it's, uh, it's ambitious as, unambitious as the script was it's a very ambitious uh animation i think so visually and uh yeah so homer as they're reflecting on it i like he's like killing that gator was the best decision i ever made (laughs) and also homer is now very comfortable with incest he's just imagining that bart and lisa are going to marry each other which i was gonna say like we were due for an incest joke somewhere along the way in this episode and we finally got there this episode's not about undercutting expectations for humor. It's about <laughs> no. going where you expect them to. Where's my incest joke? <laughs> you get a whittling joke, you gotta have incest right after that. Well, and then another bit that is just like missing here is like, shouldn't there they just wake up and their trailer is stolen and they have been arrested. So there's not a moment that shows you how they got caught, or like the, the there's not even a line of somebody saying, like, we got tipped off by that guy you offered hash browns to. There's nothing. Like, it feels like there's just no time you, for that little bit of plot. You can't think about how scenes in this third act connect because they don't. <laughs> uh, but yes, the family is arrested once more. Hey, wake up. We're moving. You just relax. I'll have you in jail by supper time. You'd better. Hey, you're stealing my trailer. I like that. Well, first up is the state of Florida versus the Simpson family. Your Honor, I'd like to represent myself. Drunken Hicks of the jury. <laughs> you know, honestly, they didn't need to spend more time in the courtroom. You should know they've lost already. The yeah. second Homer says he's pre- representing himself. There's no Lionel Hutz or Gill to help them out. And uh, there was a cut scene before this in yes. which we see uh, the body of uh, Captain Jack is on display at the Capitol building in, uh, where are they? Uh, Sixto County, Florida. Six-toe, yeah. And yeah. Uh, people are, like, there's a, there's a procession visiting him, and Kid Rock is part of it. He gets more lines. And that explains why he crawls out of it at the end of the episode. It is an incredibly key scene to your ending, and that they cut it. Uh, Scully says they cut it because it was too long, and there are minor animation mistakes in it. It's on the DVD. I didn't see any animation issues with yeah, it. Yeah, I, I guess there's a procession of characters, and none of them are moving as it goes over, like they're not blinking or anything. But if I didn't know he thought there were animation mistakes, it would never register to me as mistakes in animation like that. Uh, and, and also to cut a line from Kid Rock, your big guest star, like that seems weird, a, a big choice to me too. Another, another biatch was said. Yeah. In the episode. yeah. <laughs> and especially just in the wake of what they kept, because again, like whole chunks of this episode, granted it moves very fast, so it's hard to stick on any one thing, but like whole chunks of this episode just get tossed away you know, just to make sure the next thing can happen. And it just, it, I don't know, like anything that would have made the whole Captain Jack plot actually make like a little bit more sense, I feel like would have been welcome. Yeah, though, even though that doesn't make, okay, if that scene's in there, then you just have to assume at the end of the episode when he shows up again, you're like, so wait, everyone assumed he was dead, but didn't 
check that he was unconscious for two weeks like at best two weeks like honestly it feels like four months <laughs> pass in between them killing the gator and the gator coming back to life so well like how long how long was lennon's body on display before they buried him <laughs> uh and as the simpson showed he came back to life as well exactly needed there you so go they set a precedent for that we can't complain uh but yeah the if that scene was in there, it still would make the ending work entirely, but at least it would be less of an ass pull as it as it Just works in broadcast. Coming out of a random building. <laughs> uh, but I do like the design of the jury. They they pulled some characters out of the uh character pack, but there's a few new ones in there of the the drunken hicks on the jury. I, I like them. The only character pack one I immediately my eyes went to was the old man in the military uniform who I remember from one at least one Mr. Burns episode where he is introduced to someone oh. and then just has like a oh, 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 kind of response to something. That is correct. That is Admiral Carstairs. Oh, right. I, I there it look, is. I had to look that one up. I didn't know it off the top of my head. Was that from Burns, Baby Burns? It is, yes. He's, and, yeah. yep. he's the guy that Rodney Dangerfield or Larry Burns says, Hey, uh, well, I look that good when I'm 200. What'd you serve on the Merrimack? Hey. He's uh, he's at the party, too, at the end of the episode. <laughs> yes, yeah. He's uh, Which, they're right on the commentary that it's like, it's wrong that the jury should be at this big party. Like <laughs> they're, they're, an un they're clearly a, a tainted jury there. Uh, but yeah, so in this incredibly overstuffed episode of Concepts, which began with a quiz master, they briefly do a Cool Hand Luke parody, which I at least like the comedy that the entire family is kept together in the same jail and the same chain gang. Like Even the children, yeah. And that feels like John Swartzwelder. And I also can't believe they got away with like Marge being whipped. Like the violence is usually done to Homer, but she gets whipped in this episode. She was whipped. Oh, wait, now that was uh, Homer that was whipped by. Uh, the aliens in Citizen nah, Kang. I guess he's whipped there too. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. They're both. Whipped. I think everyone is. I, yeah. I did like the line, uh, "No listening." You hear me? <laughs> uh, no, just don't learn, do you? <laughs> yeah, the, the, the but there's no time for this here. But at least we we get some good whipping sound effects. We'd be much better rock breakers if we weren't all chained together. Wow! No talking. You know, you catch more flies with honey than with vinegar. Wow! Beginning to dislike the man with the whip. <laughs> Afternoon, folks. Got a new assignment for you. The judge is having a little soiree and he needs some help. Oh! No listening. You hear me? Uh, no. You just don't learn, do you? Ow! Uh, nothing funnier than a confusing sadist. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, uh, that's definitely a very Swartzwaldery uh, line, though. I like that. Yeah, the logic of that. Yeah. No listening, you hear me. Uh, prison labor, so funny now. Funnier than ever. Is this, <laughs> it was in 2000. Uh, yeah, but... Yeah. So, yeah, the the, uh, <laughs> the family gets sent to uh, wait at a party while still in their full, you know, orange and also being whipped off screen the entire time as they're, as they're serving people. Like, Didn't uh, like Hillary Clinton do something similar? Not at a party, but she had like prison labor, like do her landscaping or something. There was some big scandal about Look, that. Bob, that was just their, so. that was just their <laughs> tradition at the Arkansas governor's mansion to uh, have your own 
prison laborers who are, you know, not technically slaves. <laughs> and you're being a little, you know, judgmental <laughs> at the time. It was it, it was the early 80s, Bob. Slave is such an ugly word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm pretty sure they weren't whipping them during the soirees. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? Hillary was just doing what was the tradition mm. there, Bob. You want her to break from tradition. I, say, I think it was heritage, not hate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, that was very dark. Uh, one of the one of those many things you're like, oh, I guess that was just normal. And we're supposed to just accept it and whatever. Anyway, yeah, the uh, I I do like the uh, ice sculpture electric chair too. That is great. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and uh, and also there another very good Schwarzweldery joke is that Homer is whipped until he's good at playing <laughs> piano. Big laugh out of me uh, when he yeah. starts playing better. Uh, and so the Simpsons plan a prison break, but it doesn't go so well. Simpson, we got a problem. The jazz pianist didn't show up. Well, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> Okay, Bart. I'll sweet talk the sheriff while you grab his keys. What should I do? Restock the possum bar. We're almost out of claws. Oh. My goodness, what a lovely suit, Sheriff. Is that seersucker? Nah, not on a civil servant salary. It's near sucker. Well, the fabric really brings out the red in your neck. Yep, it's coming along, huh? You should see it in August after the horsefly's been getting at it. Ooh, man. <laughs> Dang, I wish I could. But in August, our chain gang has to dig for tar. Well, now, <laughs> I might could switch you to dead animal pickup. Hey! Run! <laughs> It almost feels like he's hitting on her there. He's I think like, so. Well, Marge is, uh, yeah. is sweet-talking him. That's true. She's trying to to trick him into seduction of to distract him. Yeah. The, While Lisa restocks the possum bar. Uh, <laughs> I, I like that Marge is still being a good caterer. She's like, well, we still got to restock this, <laughs> these possums. Also, you know, call me a country bubkin, but I like the look of seersucker. I'm not, I am, mm. I'm a pro seersucker. I could see you man. in one of those, like a straw hat. Yeah. <laughs> oh. It's, it's a powerful look and it takes a powerful confidence to pull it off, but I feel like you could do it. Boy, you know, yeah, it does. It takes a lot. I, I got to work up more to be ready for seersucker. Maybe I should start with nearsucker, actually, I think. Uh, On a podcaster's salary. Uh, I also like that the, uh, this is when it taught me like, oh, redneck means the things like mm. I, I knew it as terminology for sure we we all got schooled in the in the nature of the redneck by the wonderful poet jeff foxworthy that's but, true uh, now game show host yeah he wrote the popular quiz you might be a redneck <laughs> i i like that he you know his other guys they went a little more reactionary in his blue collar comedy tour group i like that he is still the centrist of the redneck comedy guys like he's, yeah he's uh you, he's the guy you can at least less shamedly buy a gift at walmart of him as a gift to a, a family member who likes that i will say all the way up there in ohio where i live we had our own southerner they were called West Virginians. And we, made, uh, yes. we made fun of them mercilessly. <laughs> well, as someone who's a good chunk of my family is from West Virginia, I get it. <laughs> we were no better than you. Yeah, no. It's But at the same time, I... I get it. So the family tries to escape, but they get cornered. Uh, the whip guy not only uses his whip to close the gate, but also to surround them, encircle them in fire. And they just applaud. Like, wow, that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, they're like, you know what? That deserves applause. We're, uh, and then, well, then we come to perhaps the laziest ending the show ever did. I guess we just haven't been whipping you enough. <laughs> Sakes alive! <laughs> Our beloved Captain Jack isn't dead after all. 
Well, don't that beat all. I guess you folks just stunned him. That's what we've been trying to <laughs> tell you. Well, looks like you folks are free to go. But don't you set foot in the state of Florida again. Fine. There are plenty of other states that are happy to have us. Well, we're still welcome in North Dakota and Arizona. Arizona smells funny. <laughs> North Dakota, here we come. I've always wanted to see Mount Rushmore. That's South Dakota. Oh. <laughs> it's such a, I, I, I mean, the ending is a big like shrug, but I do love how the final joke is Bart's disappointment over the Dakotas. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Good spirit to go out on for this episode. Oh. <laughs> that, God. Uh, that, I mean, I, I do think North Dakota, of all the states in America, is the least happening anything mm -hmm. state. Like, I think it is the... I, I can't think of one thing about it other than it's like, it's not South Dakota. South <laughs> Dakota's more interesting. Yeah, it's near places you might want to go, but on its own, I, I'm trying to think of a single attraction in North Dakota, and I cannot... I, it's not, I can't conjure one. If you're in North Dakota, let us know. We'll help you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, to, we'll we'll help you plan an escape from there. North Dakota is uh, the Peace Garden state and also mm. the Rough Rider state. Okay, right. those two things shouldn't go together. Nope. And wait a minute. Yeah, is it? Uh, it must be those two uh, philosophies constantly fighting each other on the streets of North Dakota. Uh, but yeah, this this ending pissed me off as a kid because it is just the Gator shows up and then they just say. Oh, I guess he's not dead. You can go. And it's just, they don't even make a joke. Other episodes make a joke about how they had a lazy ending. This didn't make a joke about it. And is Homer's crisis over? I guess. I think it was over in act one. Oh, yeah. I yeah mean, it was. No, I, I guess you should take it as when he wakes up in the middle of act two and says, hey, cured my insomnia. That's done. And mm. he's, Homer's still going to die at 42. In fact, I would guess he's going to die at 40 after all the stuff he did during spring break now. I, I think so. All the braised ribs we didn't see him eat. <laughs> uh, he still ate them. And I guess the final reason this became a very hated episode for me, when I would legit just fast forward through on my VHS uh, rewatches of this, is because it you, you have to hear Kid Rock one last time. They just have to remind you one more time, yes, this is a Kid Rock episode. Here's his music taking you out. And it's just, it's not even like he recorded new music for the thing. It's just, you got to hear Kid Rock one more time. Like I, I fast forwarded hard over this episode in my tape back in the day. They paid that licensing fee. They are going to get their money's worth. Uh, man, I get. I bet the this episode of Simpsons has probably made Kid Rock about a million dollars. I, I bet you. It's going to cater his campaign yeah. <laughs> in 2024. God. Uh, God. When he accepted his uh, Hall of Fame speech, he basically said like, oh yeah, I'm going to go to Washington, D.C. next. And, if, and of course, the most Floridian of WWE <laughs> superstars, AJ Styles, was like, hell yeah, hit up. I will say, like, uh, other uh, polarizing episodes in this season have, I I've liked them more. Uh, this one, I, I don't. I think mm. I think it really is the Kid Rock stink in the middle. Yeah. You can't escape it. There are funny jokes. The, uh, America's Wang comes from this episode. I like the the, the bumpkin-y stuff. But, yeah, it's it's very messy. But, I, like I said, we are out of the clear. Mm. It's going to be smooth sailing till we hit uh, Behind the Laughter. Yes, yeah, which is... Three two, episodes. Three episodes, yeah. 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 <laughs> Not too many more. But uh, this, was, this yeah. was the rough patch I was fearing. I didn't think I was going to end the podcast 
podcast, but it was just like a lot to get through, a lot of discussions to have, but I think we made the most of it. And I think um, it, we've pulled something out of this that's worth salvaging, but ultimately it, it deserves the reputation. This is the most negative I felt on re-exploration of any episode, because when we even did the mod episode, I was just more like, I wish you hadn't done this. Like, it's like a tragedy, but I'm still thinking like, eh, it could have been worse or whatever. I'm not as insulted by it. And same with like, the uh, Missionary Impossible was just ended with Betty White going like, oh, that over. Yeah, yeah. Like, at least that mm-hmm. made some comedy out of not having an ending. This one is just all over the place, admittedly lazily written, and then, thanks to an edit, has an ending that makes no sense and doesn't care about it. And then I have to see Kid Rock. Like, yeah. <laughs> yep. I mean, even in the majority of bad episodes I've watched of The Simpsons, like, there's at least something joyful in there. There's some goof, some gag, something I can latch on to and just be like, okay, well, at least there was that. This one is just a slog. Like, there are there are occasional bits in there that I think are kind of funny, but, like, they could be so much better in any other episode that was written better than this one is. It just, it just feels joyless. Like, I had no fun watching it, <laughs> and I just... Like I, 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 every episode I've, I've, I've watched along for this podcast, every episode from the, the, the seasons prior to this, like there's stuff in there I don't like, but I can always latch onto it. This is the first one I genuinely feel like is the first episode of the Simpsons. I actively hated at the time. Well, Alex, we are very sorry for punishing you. Yeah. But it's okay. It's good to get this out. Like it was good to be able to sort of purge this from, you know, the, the, the back corner of my psyche and just get it out there and let everyone remind everyone Everyone in the world, I mean, not that everyone doesn't already know, but just, you know, remind everyone at home, Kid Rock is just the dirt worst. Really is. But uh, Alex, please let all of our listeners know where they can find you online and what you're up to lately. Uh, again, this will be going live in uh, mid to late November, I'm guessing. We're, yes. we're three months behind that. We're in August <laughs> right now. So uh, Bold statement to think that we're going to be doing anything in November, but I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, at this point, uh, we at GiantBomb.com are still continuing to cover video games. We are still doing our weekly podcast. We are still doing videos all from home. As, uh, as everyone is. And uh, I'm uh, Alex underscore Navarro over on Twitter, uh, where I try not to be too sad these days. I guess theoretically, you'll have some new consoles to talk about at this time. Are there release dates for those? Uh, not right now. There aren't. No, <laughs> but I... there's a target release month, but that's about it. Yeah. So which you'd figure in August, we'd know what the date is, but Theoret- I, I wish you luck with that console launch that I'm assuming is happening at the time people are listening. Thank to you. Me too. <laughs> yeah, I will need that theoretical luck to get to theoretical November. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks again to Alex Navarro for being on the show. Please check out his stuff and Giant Bomb. Uh, but as for us, if you want to check out more of our stuff and get all these episodes one week ahead of time and ad-free, please go to patreon.com slash talking simpsons. You sign up there for five bucks a month, you'll get just that, but also access to everything behind the $5 paywall. That includes all of our limited miniseries. There's been so many of those to date, but our most recent one we're doing right now is Talking Futurama Season 2 Part 2. We're covering all the second half of Futurama's second season using the Talking Simpsons treatment, and all the previous episodes of Talking Futurama and our other miniseries are behind the paywall for 5 bucks a month at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. Over 100 bonus podcasts, so many to go through, and if when you sign up, you have access to all of them immediately. And if you sign up at the $10 level, you get all the $5 stuff, plus one mega-long podcast once a month just for patrons of that level or higher and what is that henry bob you're talking about the what a cartoon movie podcast now everybody knows about our sister podcast what a cartoon where we cover animated series
series in the Talking Simpsons style. Well, once a month we cover a movie in the same way. What a cartoon movie. You can hear a free version of it on the What a Cartoon feed each month. But if you want to hear the extended, often over four hours, discussion of films like Ghost in the Shell, Aladdin's Return of Jafar, Space Jam, and whatever we're doing in November, (laughs) you can only hear those over a hundred hours of exclusive podcasts if you are a ten dollar subscriber at patreon.com slash talking simpsons or you up your subscription from five to ten bucks to unlock all that extra stuff please consider signing up patreon.com slash talking simpsons so i've been one of your hosts bob Mackey. you can find me on twitter as bob servo and my other podcast by the way is retronauts that is a classic gaming podcast about old video games you can find that wherever you find podcasts or go to patreon.com slash retronauts sign up there for two exclusive episodes every month again that is patreon.com slash retronauts henry how about you why you should follow me henry gilbert on twitter at h-e-n-e-r-e-y-g who knows how i'm handling uh, the middle of november i guess you'll know uh, better than me uh, but follow that and if you'd like to stay in the loop about this podcast and anytime new stuff goes up on the free feeds or on the patreon follow at talk simpsons pod on twitter at talk simpsons pod keeps you up to date on any new events in our lives you should definitely be following it by now if you're a fan of this podcast at talk simpsons pod thanks so much for joining us folks we will see you next time for last tap dance in springfield and we'll see you then sincere. I like that.